0: Hello all and welcome to the Fantasy and Sci-Fi Fanatics Podcast. I'm your host Daniel Kubal. Today I have to be a very special guest, John Palladino. John, how are you doing today?
1: I'm great. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anytime. I was really happy, you know, to connect with you on social media. Anytime I can do that for somebody that, you know, I see everybody, you know, is passing around your book and stuff like that. I'm like, well... I got to get people on then, especially when the iron's hot, because I like to, you know, see what's going on in that little snapshot. So I was really glad, you know, that I could message you and we could get this going today for you. So
1: thank um, you. I really appreciate it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Anytime. Anytime. All right. So I'm going to try not to cough too much today. Uh, Yelling at too many kids this week and it's getting hot here. So uh, for that first question, what has your writing journey been like up until this point?
1: been kind of long so uh it started writing in high school and uh, i was to put it simply pretty bad <laughs> <laughs> <I've> been there. <laughs> uh, yeah so i uh actually have a funny story where uh i i used to write a lot of uh book beginnings i guess uh mm. and i thought i was being super original one day and i used to write at nights in my bed actually i'd turn on a light and i'd start writing and I'd handwrite back then. Mm. So I wrote 20 pages or some crazy amount oh, wow. and uh, was so, so happy and I brought it to school. I was going to show my best friend who used to read everything I wrote <laughs> and the first thing he read was the title of course. <laughs> and uh, it was called the Pierce Brosnan Chronicles. <laughs> uh, I I know who Pierce Brosnan is. Uh, I guess it just slipped my mind when I wrote the name. And uh, yeah, when he pointed that out, I was like, oh, no. (laughs) So I threw that away. And uh, then I actually wrote an entire book uh, in high school when I was in my junior year. Um, It was a sci-fi and it was awful. (laughs) Uh, So I, I actually still have part of it printed out. I thought I had it right here, but I don't. Uh, Yeah, I have, unfortunately, I only have like three-fourths of it, Mm -hmm. and I lost the file. But I had printed a lot of it out, and it was pretty bad. Uh, But ever since high school, I thought, I I really need to, uh, I I just had this like creative uh, energy, I guess, that I needed to put out there. So I I would write a lot, and uh, I was a really bad writer. I've been a really bad writer for most of my life. I probably still am a really bad writer. The um, there. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, last, that two years ago now, man, COVID has gone a long time. Yeah. Uh, like 10 years now, right? <laughs> 10 years. <laughs> yeah. So when COVID first started, uh, I was working and I, uh, COVID sucked and work changed. Uh, we've lost a lot of, uh, uh, labor and employees that we were allowed to use. So we were kind of overworked and they wanted to cut our pay. And I said, you know what? I think I'm just going to quit because at that point, no one knew what COVID was actually like. And, you know, the panic was happening and we didn't really know. And I was like, I, I have some money saved up. I'm going to quit. I'm going to actually take a serious stab at writing. And so I did. I quit. I wrote. 80,000 words of the current book that I'm, I just released, The Trials of Ashmount, and uh, the first 80,000 words were crap. And I started joining a bunch of Facebook groups. Uh, actually, the Facebook group I, I met you in uh, is one of them. And uh, I posted the first few chapters and said, I know this is bad. Tell me why I'm crap. And I had a lot of people tell me why I was crap. (laughs) And uh, then I, I took that advice. I researched a lot about techniques, you know, like passive voice, uh, dialogue tags, uh, adverbs. I overused those like crazy. Uh, And I also bought Pro Writing Aid, which for me has been a huge help because it teaches you a lot of these rules. And I. I went back and I rewrote those 80,000 words uh, after learning all of these uh, new rules that I didn't know. Uh, after, I, after I wrote those, then I, I finished the first draft and I think it clocked in uh, 120,000 words. Oh, wow. Uh, and I thought, wow, that's pretty good. So I sent it out to some early readers. I got a lot of really positive feedback, which uh, was shocking. I don't get good feedback when I write anything. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So when I got good feedback, I was like, oh, wow. I might actually have a shot at this. So I took the feedback and changed a few things. I got an editor. And uh, between the early readers and the editor, they both said, you know, these four uh, POV characters are great. Uh, but I had I had these interludes into the book, and they said, uh, "You have three interludes, the same character. Why?" And I, I told them why, and they said, uh, "Well, you really need to expand on this character if this is your plans for them." And so then the book ballooned into I think it's a uh, hundred forty-three thousand words oh, now. Wow. But yeah, I guess I always heard that when you do editing, it goes down, but not for me. <laughs> so uh yeah i got that all done and finished and now the book's out there and i think that's crazy i never thought i'd actually have a book that was like yeah. on amazon yeah yeah but especially with how bad feedback has been for
0: <laughs> crap
1: 20 plus years now yeah yeah yeah.
0: <laughs> i know that feeling i discovered an old um so i used, i was really gonna be an illustrator for college so i was um in this one class and i was doing a lot of i always was writing since like 14 since i started reading forgotten realms but i was drawing my own world you know and that's what i wanted to do was like you know comics and illustrating um and i did this abc book and i was like oh i have this great idea so i'm gonna create my own world so i did it and then i was like oh yeah this is pretty great so i was writing in it so that was probably like you know freshman year of college i went back probably right before i moved to arizona about eight years ago, right before I met my wife and I found it and I was writing then and I had taken a little break and I was looking at it and I was like, this is so atrocious. And my buddy <laughs> I was living with, one of my best friends was like, oh, let me see it. I was like, no, 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 no. So I definitely know that feeling. And now I like, you know, I'm have a lot of the same ideas and things that I've developed or, you know, or have changed. And I feel like, you know, <laughs> like even like two days ago, you know, things have changed, but compared to, you know, when I like 15 years ago, you know, so I can only imagine, right. you know, like going back. And even last year, I was looking back at my first draft that I finished last year. And now I'm fixing, I'm like, oh my God, I'm like, this is so much better now. So that's why I was just listening to Wizards, Worries and Words. And, you know, they did a and a Q&A and that was like, you know, it's always like the biggest thing people ask are these little things here and there. And I feel like the answer is always just to write more and you know, to take that feedback like you did. So I think a lot of people are worried about feedback. Um, I just sent some stuff out the other day, like my friend Mark Timney was like, yep, I like this, I like this, you know, this and that you got to change. And I was, you know, really thankful, because I think, you know, moving forward with my draft two with, you know, figuring a couple things out, I just feel like the feedback has been the most helpful thing I could do rather than rewrite a third or fourth time. And that was my goal for draft two for myself, at least was to get more feedback. So I feel like that was really smart of you to do even before an editor, because that's what that's the route I'm going. Hopefully then, you know, we kind of cut a couple of drafts off. But, yeah, yeah,
1: I, I think that uh, the, the best thing I ever did was put, I know it hurts. It really hurts. <laughs> but if you can just post it and say, rip this to pieces and tell me why <laughs> I suck uh, and don't hold back. Yeah. yeah. And they won't. They'll tear yeah. it apart. And not all of it will be correct. There's a lot of people that don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. Uh, but if everyone's saying, you know, you're, you keep head hopping or your uh, passive voice is crazy, then you know, oh, well, I, I should probably figure out how to fix this. And yeah. if you get, you know, three or four rules that you're constantly breaking and you fix them, it immediately transforms her work into like a much better, well, at least I thought anyway, yeah. when I changed mine. It was like, Oh man, this is so much better.
0: Yeah. No, I think that's a great strategy. I think currently like before an editor, I, so I have like Mark Timoney. Um, I, I have a few people I don't want to mention on here. Mark's been helping me out, but I do have a few people who I've interviewed in season one who I like them because I feel like they're not, I don't have time for people to, you know, kind of, blow smoke up my butt you know like i i need my draft two to be fixed and then to do a draft three give it to an editor and then do draft four before january so it's like i have a like three other authors that i'm hoping will at least read part of it you know um and that's what i want them to do i want them to tell me exactly what they liked and what they didn't like and then see the commonality so i think that's really smart yeah that's yeah yeah that's awesome well, congrats. That's awesome. You know, finishing book one. Um, I'm knocking nice. on the door myself and I'm like, I was jealous. I was like, oh man, I got you <laughs> and a few other people I just finished. And it keeps me going, you know. Like um, Roger Bannister is the first person who was ever recorded to run um, a mile under four minutes. And thousands of people tried before him, but until he was able to do it, nobody was really able to do it. And I think the biggest thing was that they didn't think it could be done. You know, so one thing is, it's nice being surrounded by people like you, you know, who have just gotten book one, two or three out is like, it, it really, it makes it seem real because it is, you know, and it really shows you, you know, what you can do, you know, when you really stick with it. So that's, that's awesome.
1: One, one thing I will also say, at least for me, this this is probably not the case for everyone, but, uh, I, I'm very self-critical. And so every time I reread something, I wrote or uh, see any sentence that I even, they <laughs> like, touched, you know, and yeah, I'll get it, what I think is brilliant, and then I'll uh, reread it the next day and be like, oh, man, this sucks. But I, I realized uh, when I got the, the copy of my book in the mail, uh, I looked at it, I opened it up, and I was expecting to look at it and just be like, oh, this is crap. Mm-hmm. And I looked at it, I was just like, oh, this looks like a book. it was such a different feeling than seeing it on the computer uh every day where you're just like this is trash i don't understand (laughs) how people and everyone's always like you know what you see on the computer isn't the finished product it's not you know you're not brandon sanderson and he isn't like brandon sanderson until he finishes his book either you know any other famous author really it it, it's amazing when you finally get the physical copy and you're like oh this just looks like a book and other people aren't going to realize how bad the early drafts were.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, no, totally. I don't I didn't let anybody see my draft one because I like yeah. I picked between first and third and I wasn't sure at the time. And I just kind of wrote what I just like wanted I just wanted stuff there that I could pick through, you know. And I had outlined and everything, but it was a horrible outline. So yeah, I definitely understand that feeling. I, I that's why I'm like excited to finish my draft too, so people can actually read it to give me feedback. Right?
2: Yeah. Because I did not
0: want anybody to read the first one. My friend, my best friend, even was like, "Oh, blah, blah." I was like, "Nah, dude." I was like, "Just, just wait till I fix it." I was like, "Then you guys can actually read it." I'm like, "Yeah." Oh, I could be like a yeah. kindergartner, you know, like writer. <laughs> like, maybe, <laughs> maybe worse than that, you know, like they're gonna be like, "Did you even go to school? <laughs> like, you yeah, ever read right. a book before? You know, like stuff like yeah. that." So
1: exactly
0: that's That's funny funny. uh for that second one so i'm really excited about this one i've tried to do enough questions for this interview but i've tried especially with people for book one i try not to do too much research that way i can learn more as you guys are talking about your books but so what is your novel the trials of ashma about
1: all right so uh that's a great question one that i always struggle to answer
0: everybody does uh,
1: yeah (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think uh my 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 first pitch is like if you like uh Joe Abercrombie and Hard Magic Systems, uh that's my first line, right? Like just boom. If you like Joe Abercrombie, uh I think that my book is somewhat in that line. Uh in terms of what the book is about. Uh well there's five different uh point of view characters and they're they're all kind of in their own story in the first book almost. Uh, it, the uh, the series is planned to be four books and oh, cool. each book it's supposed to kind of narrow and focus uh so like uh i have five countries and each character starts in a different country hmm. and then there's two wars that are going on and between that and uh then i have this uh um, i mentioned the magic system it's uh there's a magical university oh, cool. uh, run by uh these a group of uh mages uh, they're called the magic high uh and they're it, it's a, it's found out in the early parts of the book that they might be uh corrupt mm. and so as and they kind of have the power in the world so as their corruption is kind of like discovered uh And the wars, there's two different wars between uh, four different countries. And so we have one character that's going to the university. We have one character that was a former student at the university. Uh, We have one character that's getting invaded by a country. And then we have another character who's invading a different country. Those are the two different wars that are happening.
3: Hmm.
1: And then the fifth character is uh, actually not really involved in most of this. He's uh, a, a nobleman who uh, has these lofty aspirations of stealing some power uh, and he gets caught basically and then he's uh, captured and betrayed. And so his his journey is a lot different than the other four, but uh, I do have plans for, why i don't want to give too much away yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously but mm-hmm. uh so then this is the first book in a series of four that i have planned uh and each book is kind of supposed to focus more on like one uh character than the others so the first one the trials of ashmount focuses on uh Keldin, and Keldon is the uh, uh the one that's going to the magical school the, the school is called ashmount so uh it focuses on the magic eye a lot Mm. and uh yeah i'm not sure if i explained it super well so if you have any clarifying questions
0: uh oh no no it sounds good i i teach history so i i really do like where you know you said that you know you had these different povs um you know i think sometimes people i feel like there's there's all it's always pretty atypical right where there's a one war going on and then you just get two sides right and you might have right. a couple of people on each side but i like that you have a couple of different things going on and i'm teaching world war one right now and world war Two next week so you know it it actually when i was thinking about it earlier it, it actually makes a lot more sense you know that you have you know multiple things going on so i like that i think that's more of a um that's more of a realistic approach yeah. you know rather than just your contemporary these two countries are at war so i do like that i think that putting them in those types of situations, it, it interests me because I'm like, oh, that's really neat. You know, I, I would like to see what that person's perspective is or, you know, versus this person. So I think you gave yourself a lot more personally to work with there. So,
1: right. So uh, just to build off what you're saying with the history, uh, you have like the main country that's like uh, very powerful, uh, wealthy. Uh, they have, they, so the, the Magi are hired Basically, and the the country with the most power has the most access to the mages, so they have a lot more
0: power. Makes sense. So they've
1: been kind of running the world for quite a while, and mm. they've just decided to invade a country in the north. And there's a second country that's kind of almost equivalent to the main power player in terms of uh, wealth and power. So, and they're like uh, worried that they're going to be. Invaded because the other country knows that they're powerful. Uh, then in the south, there's the fourth country, which has uh, it's a desert land. It's a much more uh, nomadic. Uh, the camel clans is what I call them. Oh, that's cool. It's a bunch of clans that ride camels. Uh, that's awesome.
3: That's but, so simple. Um, I like that. That's, that's really unique. Uh,
1: they uh, they're all fighting together. Like that's but. Before uh, this book takes place, there's a history where they, they kept raiding the two like powerful countries, because the two powerful countries have uh, much more prosperous lands. They have like mm-hmm. grasslands and farmlands. and uh, So they're prospering because of all that. And these nomads are living in this desert and they keep trying to push into these countries to kind of take uh, some land for themselves, uh, but they don't have the power to do it. And uh, so the the one character who takes place in that area uh kind of has this magic awaken inside of him uh and it's kind of different than the other magic system i have it's actually like this ancient system that sort of just uh, basically he starts hearing a voice in his head and it's a long dead uh mage uh, oh, back good. in the day the mages created this uh uh, system to be immortal. They're not actually immortal, but it really, it's, uh, I haven't explored it. One, one day, I'm going to write a book mm-hmm. that kind of talks about this. Uh, but essentially, they found a way to, when they die, their uh, uh, spirit, their magical essence, uh, whatever you want to call it, kind of just lingers for mm-hmm. centuries or thousands of years or whenever it decides to reappear and then it awakens inside someone
0: and so it's like you
1: have this person in your brain talking to you. They can see what you see, they hear what you hear, but no one else can hear them except for you. And they also kind of have like this way to grant you a power, uh, which is, is called imbuing. And so if you have like a weapon in your hand, you can imbue it with uh, fire or uh, turn it into like water or, or whatever. You, you just imbue it with different elements, basically. And it's not related to the main magic system, which, uh, according to the eye, the main mages, there's only their magic system. There's no history of other magic systems. And to think that there is would be kind of uh, well, illegal, sacrilegious. It's not a religion. Heresy, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so that's uh, kind of the start of that uh, fight and you actually mentioned history and I went into the camel clans on purpose uh, the, so the main world believes in one uh, goddess but the camel clans uh, I don't research history that much I don't want to like have anyone say oh that's not historically accurate No, because yeah. uh, I don't want to deal with it <laughs>
3: yeah,
1: yeah. I just create my own world but they're mm-hmm. uh, they do they release they, uh, they worship a a pantheon of gods similar to, like, the Greeks or Romans would, uh, where, like, each god has their own title, and uh, they all, like, you know, the god of fire or the god of death and stuff, so that's really inspired by that. No, that's cool. Yeah, uh, I thought so.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's neat. I really like, um, I don't know, you said a lot of really good things there. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I do like though, so I'm going to go with the mages. First of all, I do like how, you know, which I think, you know, Catholic church, you know, you know, Christianity, just in general, you know, like destroying different, you know, documents or, you know, religions and absorbing and assimilating, you know, you know, different practices, you know, things like that. I think it makes a lot of sense, you know, that a very powerful mages group would do the same thing, You know, and say that these magic systems, you know, don't exist. There's only our way. Um, I feel like, again, you know, just teaching history, I feel like that's happened so many times, you know, and um, living in the United States, that's Democrat and Republican for you, like any day of the week, Um, you know, both of them. But um, I just think it's interesting there that that's a very, I think that's a great dynamic that person that you went with, particularly if you're, you know, focusing book one on, you know, on the magic school uh, in particular. But, yeah I'm a huge fan of desert settings myself like I oh yeah um, yeah I just I just like them I don't know (laughs) my first two books I'm like probably like one's like more of a Mediterranean for me and other ones like actual desert I just I don't know what it is I don't know if it's because like I you know have always lived in a green place or you know I just I lived in Phoenix for a bit but I feel like that wasn't really you know wasn't really desert you know it was like more of an arid climate but deserts have always fascinated me and I don't know i I, I I like that camel clan. That's I always try to figure out, you know, a little bit more historical, I guess, like things to do for people. Then I feel like I always get bogged down. So I like your way of just coming up with, you know, just whatever. That's how what I'm gonna be doing in the future because otherwise I don't get books written. I'm doing too much research. So. Yeah, the research kills I, me. Yeah, I that's <laughs> a great one. I do like though you said that kind of reminds you like a force ghost, right? But like I like rehead imbuing, you know, you took a great idea and I feel like, you know, George, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but George Lucas actually, um, I don't know if he purposely did this, but you know, there's a lot of, um, myth, you know, mythology involving, you know, ghosts and things like one person. So I just like that, but I like how you took that mythos and added the imbuing, particularly if they were mages long dead. I think that's such a cool, it seems simple, right? Like a simple idea when you explain it, but, you know, in terms of writing, like that adds a huge depth, particularly when you add it to, you know, the other magic system, then I think it really makes your reader think, it makes me think like, oh, is there a third one or a fourth one, you know, like, I just think there, you open up a, a lot of, you know, possibilities for yourself down the road that, you know, are going to be very, very interesting, and particularly with, you know, um, you know, the plot that you have going so far. So sounds really cool. <laughs>
1: yeah, and not to like, spoil anything, but I, uh, so I, I planned on this four book series, uh, and then after that, I have two standalone books oh, that cool. I, I, the first one is going to, like, follow up right after the book ends with okay. kind of a minor side character, but the book after that focuses on, uh, I mentioned it earlier, kind of before the book, way before, when the uh, mages kind of came came up with this whole plan to be immortal, and then the timeline is going to actually catch up with the the series and then surpass it and lead into the planned sequel series. Oh that's cool. uh, which I do plan on having a few different types of magic in. So oh, that's cool. Uh, yeah, there's there's definitely more magic systems. Uh, I just don't know if any will show up in the the first series. Right. I, I'm not a plotter, so or an outliner, whatever.
0: Uh right. <laughs> 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 who is <laughs> I think that's something that you know you I was just discussing this with Rob J. Hayes um, so you know where he's he was saying like you know him and Mike uh, Michael R. Fletcher um, are becoming more and more you know they used to be pantsers now they're becoming more and more you know outliners and um, you know I definitely think it's like I tried outlining a lot for my first book and I feel like it, I just kept getting stuck uh, so then I outlined at least, you know, certain things. And then I just wanted to hit, you know, instead of being like, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, I just was like, okay, A, B, C, and D, and then, you know, kind of divided into X, and then kind of filled in things from there. So my discovery side, you know, could still get there. But I definitely think it's, uh, I think it's a, a skill you have to practice repeatedly, you know, by writing multiple books. And, you know, I really think you have to I don't know. Some people are really good at it. I'm not, I feel like I'm going to have to do a lot of trial and error, you know, and uh, things like that. Like now that I got my draft one done, I'm like, Oh, I'm going to, you know, I I'm redoing my first three chapters with my prologue. I know exactly what I need to fix there. And then in between, I like, that's what I need to fix. So I'm actually going to re outline there. Uh, but I kind of got stuck a little bit here and there. And I'm like, well, I don't think it's me. I think it's just that I have a lack of experience doing it. So I definitely think, you know, that, I, I, I learned more personally doing it by writing the book than doing it before the book, if that makes sense. So I, I just feel like it's yeah. a hard skill.
1: <laughs> I honestly don't understand how outliners do it. I've, I've never actually tried to outline anything uh, in my life. Uh, but the idea of it melts my brain. <laughs> just really. thinking, like, well, what is the full way that this magic system works or what is uh, this character's journey and what is supposed to be two chapters that I don't know because I'll write a chapter and my entire thought process completely changes like oh man what if I did this that would be so cool yep. and uh, I just I don't understand outlining I have as I told you all my plans for books and when I first started writing my first one I had um, the basic storyline kind of in my head for uh the main character of the first book kelden uh but that changed halfway through too actually so i don't know outlining isn't really my thing
0: (laughs) (laughs) i do the same thing like tonight you know i'll pre-plan for school and then i get into school and i don't know if it's because this is the night versus the morning but like the next morning my ideas are always so much better (laughs) it's like oh you know, and that's what it's like for school. I feel like writing's the same way. I'll be like outlining, outlining, outlining. And then, you know, I get to writing. I'm like, oh, this is so much better. And then I have to re-outline again. And I was just talking to a couple of people about that. Um, I just had somebody this weekend. We were talking about that. Now I'm blanking on who it was, but we were discussing going um, back and forth, you know, and and resetting outlines. Um, oh, Matthew Harfy uh, for historical fiction. He was saying how like he pre-plans, but, then he will, after finishing book one, he'll go back and tweak those things so that now the outline for book two matches better. Uh, and then, you know, cause he has a better idea of like the world building or, you know, the characters and stuff. Then he'll go back through and re outline that book and then book three. And then after book two does the same thing again with outline three. So at least there's, you know, some semblance of, you know, things going back and forth rather than nothing. So I think I'm gonna definitely try that in the future, but I definitely think it's going to have to be a, a trial and error thing because I'm definitely more of a discovery writer right now than a, than a plotter and an outliner, but right. I've tried, I've tried, I've tried. I guess. I was <laughs> that <one. laughs> well, that's cool. Um, I do want to mention for you and our audience that uh, Tilda Colt Holt did give us in our second interview with her uh, for season one uh, for February, she wrote, gave us such a great uh, example. She actually, um, I'll try and find it and send it to you. Actually. Um, she does this cool thing with different colored post-it notes. And she will match up like one is like like yellow, let's say is like characterization. So it'll be things in her outline that she wants to develop with the character. And she'll put that up throughout the book. Um, and then she'll do the same thing for like main plot points and then like a couple other things like, but she does it that way where it like color codes it and you can actually see it. And then you can actually move things along you know, your outline. Uh, So I think in the future I'm going to try to do that, but I would definitely recommend that I'm more of a visual learner um, and I like to move things, you know, just to see how they are. And I mean, I've, I've heard a lot of people do this, uh, you know, very similar kind of style, but yeah, I definitely think it was a a good idea. Um, I just can't do it in my head. I need it on like paper or something I think, or I might do the whiteboard or something like that, but.
1: Oh yeah. It's not a bad idea. I, (laughs) I don't know if it would work for me or not just the when I outline well I have like I've never actually outlined but the idea of outlining in my head I'm like oh man if I start outlining I'll just want to start writing it
0: (laughs) yeah no no it is hard I had this one book that's here um that's really good it's like um it's like how to write a book in 30 days uh but they actually give different graphic organizers um where it's like you will use them at different times. So I think I might actually try that too. It was more of like a book that like, if you're writing your first book, I don't think is a good strategy to use. I think you need to like, you know, kind of burn yourself on the stove, so to speak, before you can actually right. use the tools in it to help you. Now I got a couple of tools and books where I'm like, Oh, I think now that I actually know what I'm doing, I can actually use them, you know, cause I feel like I know how to use the tools a little bit better or so to speak. Um, you know, once I learned how to use a bandsaw, it's a lot easier to make something on it. So right. but it's like it took me so long to learn how to, you know, do the bandsaw. I was kind of left the project and came back. And I think you're right. You know, with writing, I just want to get to the writing part. It's, you know, it's hard to, to hold off and then you get a good idea and you're like, Oh, maybe I should change it. And then your whole outline's a bust, but yeah, so actually, know. Oh,
1: sorry. No, no, go ahead. I was going to say to respond to what you were saying with the, like, you had to learn how to do it first. Uh, so I wrote this was my first serious attempt at writing. So the first book, I don't count because I was in high school. so I don't, I don't even remember it. Uh, but for this book, I wrote it all uh, like a discovery writer, like we, we said. And I got done with it and had the editor go through it uh, three, four times. I can't remember how many edits I did. Uh, by the time we finished, I had to go back and add a lot of details, some foreshadowing. There was a lot of consistency issues. And and she had a lot of good suggestions for uh, rearranging chapters so that they flowed better. Mm. And I think that really helped because I'm writing the sequel now. um, And as I'm writing it, I'm noticing that I'm a lot more... uh, Like, I'm connecting the chapters a lot better. Uh, I think the order that I'm writing them is a lot more intuitive than before. Um, It kind of was a lot more random when I first did it. and just be like, oh, I want to write about this person now. Now I want to write about this person. This time I'm like, oh, well, this would actually really be good if I wrote this chapter next because uh, it would come right after what just happened here and relate to this, Uh, which was I didn't think about that the first time because I, you know, I hadn't done it, really, so I I didn't think about it. I'd never paid for editing before. I never got to the point of, like, putting a book out there, and I I think the editor switched. Uh, I think I had roughly, if I had 60 chapters, I think we rearranged, like, 20 of them. Oh, okay, well. Or something. Yeah, it was
0: quite a few that got
1: and they just switched some places and there was a few that flipped like quite a bit but uh for the most part it was like switching the order of like these three and then these three you know things like that yeah. and I, I just think that once you do that once you kind of get more of a feel for it so it's not really surprising to me that you mentioned uh michael fletcher and uh rob hayes and how they started out being like super discovery readers and now they're not necessarily as much I could definitely see that changing yeah maybe yeah. I mean I don't know that I could ever outline but <laughs> I who knows uh I, I'm already noticing I'm kind of doing more of that type of behavior I have yeah. you know the first book I didn't really know much and now I know basically what's going to be in two three and four yeah. to some extent not like I didn't outline it on a document or anything but in my head I'm like oh this is gonna be about this and this is gonna be about that and I think that allows me to uh like foreshadow in the earlier books and the first half of the first book I didn't think about any of it uh at all and then when I got to the end I had done it a little bit but not until we edited and so I think you're right. Once you learn how to do it and you start doing it, it just kind of comes naturally and you start to like practice that behavior yeah. more often.
0: Yeah. Uh, which is um, Good. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, you know, I mean, I, I teach and coach kids every day and you know, that's like um, my goal this year was, I, I coach girls and psychologically, like they're just for the most part, they're just better at like, if, even if I just show them something today and we work on it for a few minutes, they'll think about it in a different way uh, than a lot of like the teenage boys or whatever. And then they'll come back the next day and all of a sudden they're already doing it. Like we won't even work on it. They'll just be doing it. And then we go to work on it and it's just like, bam. So I started to think about myself, you know, and kind of breaking that down. And I do martial arts, you know, so like I do that a lot too, you know, where they'll teach us something. So I'll do part of it. Um, That's how you do kata too, with like forms and stuff. It's like, you try to just get like the basics down. And then after that, once you kind of get the basics down, then you start to break down the moves. So I think that's just, you know, overall how our brains for the most part as humans just work is like, you know, just to get that overall sense or feeling, and then you get that experience. And then after that, then you can actually do something with it. Um, you know, I think it just comes down to that basic instinct of using tools, you know, and even if you're just like, you know, you said, just rearranging things on your own. I mean, that that's a skill, you know, you're using your experience as a tool there to help better your writing. So I think that just makes total sense. You know, I think that you're right that, you know, and I have heard quite a few people say that, you know, like I know, I noticed the other day, you know, when I went and started sitting down and writing draft two, I don't know what it was, but you know, for whatever reason, it was like stuff just flowed a lot better. And, you know, I was doing things, I was just doing things better. You know, I didn't even have anybody look at or anything. I've just been talking to different people, reading different things, you know, checking out articles, podcasts, stuff like that. And for whatever reason, you know, it just, it just sounds even a lot better. Like I know it's still rough, rough, but you know, it just, I just felt so much better about my new prologue and I think you're totally right. I think, you know, after a while that intuition, you know, really just kicks in, but it sounds to me like you already did the work ahead of time, you know, by, you know, getting feedback and, you know, and, you know, doing your own research, you know, for dialogue tags, stuff like that, you know, and I think after a while, you know, when you mix that with experience, you just, you know, end up, you know, just bettering your skills overall, you know.
1: Yeah, I, I agree.
0: Um, oh, I was going to ask you, who is your editor, by the way?
1: Her name is uh, Rochelle Braswell.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, she's great. Yeah. I'm just curious. I've been trying to get uh, a couple of editors on, um, we're trying to do like some, um, like a couple of forums and stuff like that. Um, just like a couple of Ted talks or whatever on, you know, like I thought it'd be cool to get like three editors together and be like, okay, like, you know, and I've had some questions for a while. So I thought it'd be interesting, you know, some things that, you know, a lot of you guys have said and, you know, that some, you know, listeners have said stuff like that. So I thought it'd be kind of cool to, uh, you know, kind of do it that in that kind of format and train it like a mini seminar, so to speak. But yeah, that's super cool. Um, So you did talk about your setting a little bit uh, or or like here and there. Um, So what is, do you have like an actual planet that you've like, you know, kind of uh, set this on or did you kind of start? I know some people start, like I started with planet and then went down. Other people start with like a kingdom and then went out. Like what was kind of like your take on it in terms of like your setting?
1: That's a good question. You know, I actually haven't thought about it. Um, I mean, I know the setting obviously, but yeah. I never thought about like the the way I came up with it. I guess. Uh, so I think I started with just uh, a few. I kind of cheated, if we're being <laughs> honest. So, uh, easier that way. <laughs> uh, I play uh, Dungeons and Dragons quite a bit, mm. uh, and I a while ago had commissioned a map on fiverr for the campaign that i was running oh, cool so i took that map and actually used that it has nothing to do with the game that i made uh, everything is completely different every city has not like nothing is related at all but i just liked the map mm. and some of the names of the places mm. so i just i took that and and went with it uh but when i'm creating a world i usually start with uh the countries, I guess, or the factions, major factions, and then I come up with uh, the major like cities and stuff like that. But so my my world is called Sedane, oh. uh, and Sedane is, as far as I know right now, just the five countries that I have on it. Uh, I never came up with like you said, you come up with like the actual world. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I never really thought about. I guess the world uh so theoretically speaking uh maybe there are more i don't know uh (laughs) i never run like like bigger than the uh just the five countries on the map i guess so that could very well be just one half of the world i i don't know that's uh really interesting to think about uh i never did i was just like this is the world
0: yeah (laughs) Well, I just curious because like, so I had this totally blanking on. I use this one um, software, right? That's free and you can do whatever you want. Like you can do just like, you know, country map. um, You could do an Atlas, like you could do a globe. And then it actually 3D renders your entire thing. So I actually did mine that way and it randomly generates. And then I just reinserted and changed a couple of things. I Basically, if you reset it over and over, you'll get exactly, you know, kind of, you know, like the countries and everything where you want. I tried on Incarnate, I got some where, you know, once I got the overall world done and I had some of the continents how I wanted, I took sna- like screenshots and then I went on to Incarnate and I started to do more developed maps, but it took me a while, but I actually got generally, I'm a geography minor, um, but like it generally, I got exactly what I wanted in terms of the look and everything. So then I started changing countries on it, which is really nice. Um, and then some of the more important countries, you, I actually zoomed in and you can actually change trade routes, um, lakes, like it's pretty detailed. Um, I actually want to buy the software itself. Um, I think it'd be really helpful for D&D. I use it and incarnate quite a bit, but I had thought that on one side, I was done with, um, I got like a couple of different continents. And then the other day I was like, oh, this would be so cool. And I was like, oh, I'll just do it on a different world. And I have the um, some things that go on in different places, um, but like on a different worlds. But I was like, Oh, actually, I could just my friends like, well, you don't really have anything on this side. And it makes sense that, you know, if you had a bigger continent, it broke up, you know, and you could do some sort of cataclysm or something. And, it, you know, you could have a couple more continents on the other on the other side of the globe and, or, you know, further north or south, and they just don't show up on this map. So I started thinking more about and I was like, Oh, that's perfect. I said, now I can actually keep all the same world building, but I could actually just go to a different continent, uh, much like Robert Jordan did, you know, on his different continents. And, you know, they got a lot of different, um, you know, cultures. And, you know, I just feel like the magic's a lot different on the different continents, Um, um, particularly when you got like the, I forget what they're called, but the people coming, you know, across the sea and stuff. Um, But yeah, I just was curious. So a couple of people and I started talking about on Twitter and, they're like, I don't know, actually, maybe I do have more continents. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. Like it just suddenly came up the last week for me and started talking about, you know, my buddy and I started talking about adding a whole nother, you know, side to my globe, I guess, or a couple of continents here and there just to get a couple more stories and things like that and interactions. But yeah, I was just curious. That sounds sounds great. Yeah, it
1: seems like it just he opened up a whole world of possibilities if you just think about that for a second
0: oh this is only half the world yeah oh, yeah, yeah. oh god well, <laughs> yeah it's interesting though right when you really think about it because you know you might like i don't want to give it away but i had this idea and i was just like god that's so cool and then i was like you know like i've said we're like doing world war one and i'm like well what would happen if you know these people were the number one power took over everybody on their other continent and then came over to this one and then you know, everybody who was fighting on my other two continents, who they just discovered each other like a Colombian exchange. And I was like, well, what would happen if then they had to all group together, get over all their BS, just to withstand this, you know, more powerful force from another continent. Um, you know, it just added a lot of possibilities. I was like, oh, that'd be really cool. So the history teacher and me got really excited. And I was like, well, I'm glad I didn't like, you know, pre make all my maps officially in books yet. <laughs> Because now I'm changing things, but yeah, it was pretty interesting when I started thinking about it. Uh, so you said you have four books planned. So you talked about that process a little bit there. Um, was there a reason that you didn't do a trilogy and just did, you know, like some longer books, or like why? How, I'm just curious. When people, a lot of people are, you know, um, doing the duologies or breaking up into four and five. I'm just kind of curious at you know how you came at that number of four.
1: Good, good, good question It uh, yeah,
0: just feel right <laughs> three well, was too little four five seemed too much four seemed just right i'm just curious
1: so the first half of the book i guess i didn't really have any plan mm. uh, and then i got to the second half and i was like where am i going and what am i doing and i i'm not trying to throw shade on anyone uh I think everyone should do what they want, but I personally get a little sick of the same, like you know, trilogy, trilogy, trilogy. I, I love I'll, I'll read a trilogy. I love re- reading them. I just wanted to write like not a trilogy, yeah. uh, just to be a little different, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but again, I love trilogies, so I'm not trying to throw shade on anyone. Uh, I just wanted to, to do something a little different, and, uh, and I guess like you said, a lot of people are doing that as well, uh, but. So the first book I knew was focusing on the one character. And at that point I had four, four points of view. And it's like, well, what if I did the next book and I focused on this other point of view? And that'd be kind of cool. So that's my plan for the second one. And the third and fourth, I also have a character plan. I don't want to say if it's all the characters in the first book or not but uh i do have it it kind of just naturally developed i guess as i was thinking about it Hmm. and i I already have titles for like all four of them the fourth one is a little up in the air i'm not sure (laughs) but yeah so once i kind of thought about the feature and where i wanted to go um, i came up with four books although Funnily enough, I'm writing the second book, and I'm thinking to myself, man, John, do you have enough content for two more books? Because I don't I don't want to, you know, load anything up. So, <laughs> you know, if I have to write a trilogy instead, I'll change it to a trilogy. I yeah. think I'm good. I don't, I don't, I just I hate that. You get the, my book's a four-book series, and you're like, oh, great, okay, cool. You read the first few books, and the author announces, actually... There's gonna be more. And you're like, right. <laughs> then you get their next release and you're like, Man, that's gonna be half the size.
3: Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep.
1: <laughs> then you get the next one and you're like, Wow, this is bloated.
3: Yep.
1: <laughs> and I don't I don't wanna do that. I'm not just trying to fill a book to make my goal. So I call it a four book series right now. If it has to go to a trilogy, I'm, I'm not opposed to it. Uh, I think I mentioned the sequel series. That's actually yep. planned very, very lightly to be a trilogy. So I, I'm not against writing trilogies. Uh, it's just that for the first series, I was like, no, I want to write something other than a trilogy, I guess. And I landed on four. Uh, that could change. Could go to three, could go to five. I, I don't see a way it goes to five. But, and that other
0: continent in there you're good to go <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you're gonna be like oh i'm at seven right now like really sorry guys <laughs> like, right put me in 10 no problem like <laughs> that'd be crazy it'd be yeah. like um steven erickson and just do whatever you want you know i'm in book oh, right now halfway through book eight by the way for book club at like literally but tonight will be halfway through literally and i'm like he just added like Fifty characters in book eight <laughs> and my buddy's my best friend in book club we we'll go be there t- tomorrow night he's like and we haven't even figured out where half the characters are from the last two books <laughs> like we're halfway through the books, so we're like man there's gonna have to be a lot of stuff go down in book nine the crippled god but yeah i'm like i was thinking that for the first couple i was like after gardens of the moon i was like these could have both dead house gates I was like okay some of the others i was like these could have been like Two big books into you know cut them down into one big book, <laughs> like, So I definitely understand that because I was just like we're reading like the same thing over and over, or you know there's all these characters and all these things to remember. So yeah, I definitely always think about that. So I just I'm just always curious at how people kind of decide, but I th- I feel like that I, I I like more like the Forgotten Realms myself or Dragonlance where they're like just personally like 350. You know, like I don't even mind doing six books, like one trilogy and then another trilogy with the same characters. Um, I'm just shooting for kind of like a, the mass paperback audience, uh, you know, so to speak. Um, I feel like everybody's, you know, kind of trying to find my niche, so to speak. I feel like I like to read those kind of, you know, faster pace, um, you know, kind of books. But yeah, I'm, I don't know. Now I'm like, maybe I do want to do like four or five, you know, uh, particularly if they're a little smaller, you know. So yeah, I've definitely been. Definitely been talking to different people about that and thinking about it. So yeah, that's that's really cool. Yeah, you could, I mean, it's the nice thing about fantasy, right? Like you can really, if you get a good idea, you could really do anything, you know, as long as it fits with, you know, your your overall narrative and everything. But maybe add another magic system in there, or maybe some, you know, druidic magic or something like that, or ancestral right. magic or something. And then the next thing you know, you got a three-way war going on between three different types of magic schools and bam. Now you're at book five. <laughs> right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I think that my biggest concern was, uh, like, I don't want to drag the series on too long.
3: Yep. Yep.
1: It seems like any really long series. I mean, I've only read. Uh, I don't think I've read anything like crazy long. Like, I, Wheel of Time, not my, not my series. I tried yeah, yeah, yeah. it. I just couldn't get into it. Uh, but, you know, if you like it, that's fine. I don't care. It's not. It's just not my thing. Uh he's Robert Jordan seems like a really good writer. Uh, but I prefer just uh well, let's be honest. I'm just more of a modern reader. <laughs> it's fair. Um I don't think his books read like they're super old, but like and Tolkien is another one. I can't get through a single Tolkien book.
0: Dude, Fellowship of the Ring was like I don't know. <laughs> like I I um I always did, you know, the higher level English classes and stuff. I've read a lot of Shakespeare. I just felt like it was so hard. Like, Two Towers was way better. It was way easier. But Fellowship, oh. I I just went through it as a labor of love. <laughs> like, I didn't even, like, just to, like, try to match my experience with The Hobbit. I mean, The Hobbit I read, I just loved it. But, like, The Fellowship, I just, I absolutely hated it. <laughs> like, there were cool stuff that happened in it. Oh, but-
2: yeah. Yeah,
0: the writing, I was just like, it's, it <laughs> kept pulling me out over and over again. I know everybody's going to stop listening to this channel now. I just try to be honest. But,
2: yeah. Whoops. Yeah. Uh, the eight
0: hours was great. I'm actually really excited to finish up, um, you know, the Return of the King, um, you know, this summer. But yeah, I just, the, the, the Fellowship's the only one of his, I really was like, holy moly. So I definitely know what you mean. I definitely think Robert Jordan's too, like one of the first two times I went to read it when I was younger and I guess I like younger, it was like, I was like in college. And then once I got done with college, probably about seven years ago, I went back and I just, I don't know. It was just something this one night I was like stuck in a snowstorm and I was just like, Oh, I'm just going to pick it up again. And something about it caught my eye. And I ended up going like book one through six, like back to back to back. Um, it just, it reads different to me now, but that's how Malison Book of the Fallen was for me. I mean, I tried for years and years and years and years. And then I I actually wouldn't be able to, I would have stopped. I couldn't get into. I think it's a book club book, personally. I just think that, and I'm actually doing the same thing for Wheel of Time. I got through book six and you know, book seven and eight are when everybody always says, you know, that you know he was struggling a bit. So I'm actually gonna go back (laughs) over with my buddy and then we're gonna finish up that series together, too. But I think some books you just have to you know, my buddy, like he pulled me through book three of Malazan. I mean, I was like, I hated it. Um, oh. One of my favorite characters died of all time and I'm still PO'd about it. Like so many other characters have pulled the Marvel and come back and everything. <laughs> the only one John that has not, and I'm so mad about it. They do not show up in book nine. I will not be a fan anymore, but I'm like, I was so mad. My buddy said, we just got to keep going. And like, he pulled me through and then it was like a war you know that sometimes i pulled him through like i think book four like house of chains or midnight tides or whatever and i just think some books you know like that you just you really have to find somebody i think i think it's more fun anyway to read with a person and you know and discuss but it's funny that you mentioned but like it. series. like i'm really uh, listening to the dresden files and i feel like that's another one where it's like man like sometimes like you know i'll go through like three or four at a time and then i'll have to take a break and yeah, it's there's just some where it's just like I, I definitely think you need to you know to have a partner and kind of help you get through the rough spots. <laughs> right. But- yeah, I'm just more of a
1: fast paced reader, I guess. Yeah. Uh, you know, I I said Joe Abercrombie is who I really identify with. I, I really like uh, George R. R. Martin. Uh, and Patrick Rothfuss. They're both kind of slower in their own way too. So it's not necessarily fast paced stuff, but Tolkien. I think it's just a language thing that I struggled yeah. with, and uh Robert Jordan. It's just, I don't, you know, when you've read so many books, uh, and then you go to Wheel of Time, because I never, I never knew about Wheel of Time really until uh, I was an adult and uh, I started reading it, and I was just like, oh man, I feel like I've read the story a hundred times. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I'm sure for its time, it's super original. And then for yeah. uh, Malazan. <laughs> I forced myself through gardens of the moon because everyone was like, man, this series is amazing. And I finished it. And uh, Steven Erickson, great writer. Couldn't say anything bad about it. I realized I didn't understand a thing that happened. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's more of a me problem than Eric's problem because, uh, I think when there's too many terms and things that are, uh, Used without defining them a lot within the book, mm. I struggle, and and I finished it and I was just like, man, I didn't understand anything. Mm. And I posted about that somewhere, and someone was like, well, here you should, you really should read those books while following this this document, this this massive Google document that was uh, like
0: almost like a wiki thing. We use the wiki. We we use the wiki no. constantly because like something like- happened in book seven, and we're like in book <laughs> or book four, and we're like, oh okay. Well, you know, like, yeah, like I, I've just learned that there's so many different, that's like Brandon Sanderson, you know, and Joe Abercrombie. Like I had a friend the other day. I actually haven't read any Joe Abercrombie. I've saved, I don't know why. I I just I have four of them. I just haven't started them. Um, oh yeah. I think it's because I'm a teacher and I'm usually like on my lunch break. So I take smaller books for my Kindle, and those ones are usually bigger. So I should probably just put them on my Kindle. But um I'm actually really excited to book club with another friend of mine. Um, oh, quite a few of them. Actually, I think we have three or four slotted. Um, I forget which ones for this summer, but I'm, I've been like winter. I was about to get into them and my friends like, can you just wait for me? I'm almost at a grad school. So I'm like, fine, that's fine. Um, but I'm actually really excited. But like, I guess I was using like different authors as like studying their styles more, I guess. Like, so like I tried using Erickson as like a study of what I do like and don't like, and I love his characters. Like I absolutely do. But um, yeah, I, I, I've learned that like, you, you know, like you said your POVs, honestly, when you're like four or five, I'm like sold. Like if you get to 10, I'm like, I don't, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, unless it's a book club book and I'm reading with somebody, I just, it, it turns me off personally on my own. I just, I want, you know, that's how I write too. Like I like to read four or five and that's, that's how I write. You know, I won't use more than five personally. Um, I just, I like, you know, these smaller, you know, more compact stories where there's maybe even more of them, maybe there's like Dresden, you know? Um, but yeah, like some of those really thick ones where they're over and over again, I'm just like, yeah, I'm, I'm just glad that my buddy and I started a book club. Otherwise I wouldn't be able to get to half the books that, you know, without, but that's what I would recommend to the audience. If, you know, you don't want to try something, you know, and you struggle on your own, I would definitely go with, you know, a friend and, you know, somebody you trust and have a couple of brews while you do it. It'll be a lot better. (laughs) So what would you say in terms of characterization, um, you mentioned some of your, you know, some of your characters, uh, but when it comes to characterization itself, um, like, what do you, what do you find most important? Some people want their characters to feel real. Some other people don't care. They just want to share something about somebody that they knew. What exactly is like your take on characterization? What do you think is most important?
1: Well, there's a funny story with that, actually. Uh, wrote. The first book that I just finished, uh, I didn't really have a grasp on like how to write a proper character. I don't think, not not in the way that I prefer. So Joe Abercrombie is my favorite author, uh, and he's noted for being really good with uh, characters and and action scenes. Uh, and his characters are all super like different. You immediately know who you're reading because the narrative changes, and it's just. It's great. Uh, so I wrote my book, and I th- I, th- I didn't write the whole thing. I think I got like sixty, seventy, maybe maybe it was the like eighty thousand mark. I think it was the eighty thousand mark where like I went back and rewrote, and I was trying to get back into the book, and I was like, man, I just I don't want to write right now. I just I'm over it. I'm done. I don't want to. So instead of writing, run. Of the, and at that point it was four POVs. So at that point I was like. Maybe I'll just try and write an interlude. And I did. I wrote an interlude. And completely different character. And I actually took the character and kind of really focused on like making the narrative really differently. And I, I finished the interlude and I was like, wow. This is so much better than any of my other characters. That's crazy. And I thought it was just because I wrote, oh, interlude and whatever. And then I kept writing and I got to a point where I was like oh, actually be really nice if I had another interlude here. so I did it and I uh, once again made a drastically different character and really emphasized their different characterization like in the narrative part uh, so like they're the way they thought the way they looked at things though so just different ways that uh they observe the world i guess uh and when i realized oh really making a good character um, is kind of baked into how you write about the world yeah. outside of like the character and i realized for me anyway uh there's like a few different aspects i think that like really can immediately make a super likable and indis- or and, and a distinct character. think uh, you want like unique habits or traits and uh, something maybe a catchphrase or something, something they repeat, something that like is unique to just them as certain behavior. Uh, and when I started to kind of like really iron that out, I went back and I rewrote some of my other characters. And even today, I'm not super happy with like, I, I, if I had started the book today, I think that the characterization of the main characters would be even better. I think it's it's passable. I'm not upset with it. Uh, and I've gotten some reviews that say like, oh, the characters are all different feeling, and uh, which was good. Uh, and that's ideally the plan. But when I the first draft, I don't I don't really think anyone read that different. I have one character that stutters and uh, the stutter is written into the book. So you see like the like B dash B dash B if he stutters. Uh, and I think that automatically made him feel way different. Yeah. yeah. Um, but. I don't think the other characters w- did. So I went back and I tried to edit it and fix that. And I think I succeeded somewhat. Uh, but I think that it's very important for me that the characters, when I'm reading a book, I think uh, good characters are what sell a book for me. Oh, for, sure. I think. for sure. Like Game of Thrones is a great example. Uh Joe Abercrombie you know anything that has like really gripping I like morally gray characters uh, mm-hmm. so that always resonates uh, but I think for me strong characters are like the number one thing I'm hoping for when I read a book yeah, yeah. Uh, and so I'm not sure what the original question was because now I've rambled so long oh I was, just, <laughs> I was just saying what do you think is most important
0: but i i mean i think you definitely touched on it is you know like i like how you mentioned i mean that's definitely a amber crombie thing right um with you know having people you know have those flaws or you know um I, my kids always make fun of me at school because i say the same three or four catchphrases all the time like we're going to do something i'm like let's ride you know and i do it all the time and we just had uh, yeah,
1: people remember that once, yeah, you yeah, said yeah, once or yeah. twice then they're like yeah. oh that's it's you
0: you know I'm always like what's up pal how's it going pal they're like I'm not pal I'm like, I'm like okay you know I'm like I'm like well you guys don't no ever care when you are asking me for things but, um, but yeah they did like a teacher roast and I died so it's like three or four things I say I laughed so hard they're like can we show you this like you're gonna get mad are you and I looked at it I was like you clearly don't know me very well I was like <laughs> I laughed so hard I just um, yeah, I, I just, I agree with you. I just, it's funny how that just came up for me, but yeah, I definitely think like, you know, that's like, that's people that I know too, you know, who do the same types of things. So yeah, that reiterating behavior. I mean, that's what makes characters, you know, you have that character who can't stand to see someone get picked on at the local tavern or bar or whatever, and has to go and stop them. Like it might happen five or six times in the series, but you know that they're going to go do it, you know, cause that's that person's personality I think you know you I think you make a good point those kind of things make people's personalities pop and they really make the character feel more real and you can relate to somebody that you know so
1: yeah and if you uh i mean my my book has like the character uh name as the chapter heading but oh, cool. if uh if it didn't uh and you were you were reading the book uh anyone's book not mine but if you're reading the book and you read whatever behavior, uh, you know the, f- the first sentence of the chapter is "Let's ride," then you know, oh, <laughs> it's a character. It, I know this character. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I think that's like a good sign that you're uh, doing pretty good at separating the characters if you yeah, can yeah. just identify who it is without being told.
0: Yeah. No, I think that makes total sense. Yeah. Uh, so for the sixth one. I'm really curious about this. So are your short stories such as, is it the Saint of Rivendell set it's in the same fantasy world? What is it? It's Rivain. Rivain.
1: Thank you. That, well, that's that's uh, how I pronounce it. I
0: that's don't care you know, if someone <laughs> pronounces it wrong. Your world, your world, your world, your rules, as my friend likes to say for D&D. Uh, so <laughs> are your short stories set in the same fantasy world or are they, um, you know, set somewhere different?
1: Yeah, so I... Uh... I wrote those short stories after I finished the, uh, oh, the first cool. the first draft, and I said it to my editor, and I was like, now what do I do? I don't <laughs> want to start the sequel because I want to make sure I'm done creatively Smart. with the first book, Smart. but I want to stay in the world. So I started writing short stories that take place in sedane and uh, i trying to remember how many I have read. I have four on my website, but I think I have – Six or seven total now. Oh, cool. I, I wanted to I just post the ones on my website that don't have uh, spoilers for mm-hmm. the first book. So that's what I did. And I do plan on maybe releasing it like a short story anthology at some point. Oh, that's cool. But whenever I'm like, man, I really need to write, uh, but I can't write like a, the, the actual book. I can, I guess. I just don't like to split my attention.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. Really,
1: Yeah, I'm really focused on like one thing at a time. So if I'm writing the draft to like one book, I'm just doing that. I don't – there are people out there who can write five different series. I am not one of those people. (laughs) I am a one-and-done type person. So I wanted to keep my mind just like fresh in the world so – I just started writing short stories. I've never written a short story in my life until um, these ones, and and that's just how I kept my mind in the world. I guess I took some of them are uh, characters in the in the book. Some of them are actually introductions to characters in the sequel. Oh, cool. And uh, I think there's two. I think there's two short stories that are just original characters that aren't in the series at all yet. Who knows I don't know if show <laughs> I don't you know uh, so I just use it as a way to write when I can't write this the next book, I guess uh, I mean I can, but yeah, I don't want to
0: no yeah no. I, I I mean I, I never thought of that I, I feel like that's very smart is just then you have something you know else to show your readers you know for that world to keep them in there and then you're not really I don't want to call it wasting time, but you're not. I mean, it is right when you, you know, you're trying to get book one out there and make sure I was
1: definitely wasting a ton of time. Yeah, it was like a month. Yeah. I can't yeah. remember. It was like a couple weeks and I was like, I'm not, I'm not doing anything.
0: Well, I just feel like <laughs> if you go right to book two without really getting feedback, you know, from the audience and stuff and, you know, and from readers, it's like, I don't know, I guess you could start book two. I just always, I always wonder about that. You know, I'm like, Oh, maybe I want to, maybe I want to do the same thing, you know? Cause I feel like I want to know exactly what's going on with book two or, you know, book one before finishing, you know, Steven really starting past an outline for book two. Um, So I feel like, you know, doing short stories, I mean, it's nice because it's almost like you're working out, you know, and you don't want to do that particular thing, or maybe you don't really have time for a full one. You just do something, you know, like a 20 minute or, you know, something to maintain, you know, your writing skills, you know, so to speak, or to stay in that headspace for that world. Um, you know, without necessarily having to move on to book two, but I think personally that's a really smart strategy versus what I've seen some people do. So,
1: well, yeah, I mentioned uh, that I uh, had to rearrange all that stuff, and it kind of changed some of my book. And I'm I was so so thankful that I didn't start the next one because I yeah. actually, like a decent amount was like switched around and yeah. and changed and uh, different someone ended up being alive that i'd originally killed off you know all this stuff had changed and if i had just went right into the next one (laughs) oh man that would have been a nightmare because i would have had to go back and fix it so i'm really (laughs) happy that i waited to get it edited
0: (laughs) yeah i just had a friend do that and then the editor he's like yeah i want to get right into it the editor was like oh this and that and she did the opposite she was like yeah you got to kill these two off (laughs) and he was like (laughs) They're a big part of book. (laughs) two, So he was like, that was a waste of time. And I said, well, hopefully you learned some valuable lessons here about not moving forward too much in your timeline before first, at least getting your editor's notes and then, you know, getting some sort of feedback from audience and stuff. But yeah, I kind of, I definitely store that one away for my future self to not do, but no, it's funny. Um, So what has been the most challenging thing when it comes to getting your book out there? Like if you had to pick like one or two things, what would you pick?
1: It's really a good question. It's, uh, it's a little difficult to answer because my book just came out June 1st. So uh, it's not like I've had much experience since today yeah. is what's June, June 5th today, I think. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I mean, so I guess just a- a- advertising, you know, getting it out there to anyone, i think i've done okay so far um
0: i've seen your book quite a few places so you know i mean you know in terms of you know not even just writers groups like i didn't even realize that we were in the same group um until the other day but um i think it was like last week i mean i had to seen it being shared like i'd say like 35 times um on twitter facebook um you know a couple different places tiktok um, you know, and I mean, you're talking generally within that same time, I might see somebody's shared five times, like, and that's a good week, you know? So for years to be like well over 30, I was like, dang, I was like, I was like, where, where have I been at? You know? And, um, see, I don't going, even know that it's been shared that many times. <laughs> yeah. 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 So it was pretty cool. So I was like, so when I saw you in the writing group, I was like, okay, yeah, like definitely got to, you know, interview him and, uh, see what's going on. So yeah, that was like super cool. So just so you know. I mean, I'm on a lot of different things. Um, and that's with Twitter being crappy right now, you know, and like, uh, where where that's only showing you this little narrow margin of the writing community versus what it used to. Um, so I feel like that was, you know, that was pretty good, but, but yeah, it's just, I always wonder too, like, um, you know, like what did you, what, uh, in particular were maybe some of your strategies for getting out there, you know, obviously you've been posting, you know, on some of the writing groups and things like that, that, which is nice, right? Cause they're, they're free, you know, most of them. Yeah. So.
1: so I, I did actually have very uh, strategic way. Mm. Well, it was planned. I don't know how successful it ends up being, but so far it's been paying off, I guess. And that was like two years ago. I just joined a bunch of writing groups and I was like, let's just start networking, I guess. And so I spent the last two years just getting into different groups talking to different people uh, becoming an admin in several of the groups oh, cool. uh, and yeah I think you're in Fantasy Writers Forever I think. Yep. Yep. I'm, I'm an admin there. Oh cool. Um, And have been for a while Um, and, and so I just started talking to people I've started talking to uh, other self-published authors uh, which I they're really Quite cool. Uh, I think the biggest thing you need to do when you're networking with just random other authors is like you need to remember no one cares about your book. <laughs> so you need to become like friends with them first, right? Yeah. Like, no one cares about the guy that comes on and you never talked to them before and they're like, hey, I got a book for sale. so i tried to become you know friendly with a bunch of people and i'm not trying to push my book on anyone and i think that somehow has uh worked out pretty well because you know you form like actual connections with people yeah yeah. and uh offer them advice and ask them for advice on different things and i think that over the years the years it's been two now uh <laughs> time goes it fast like like <laughs> yes uh so I, I think that's just uh the strategy i took because early early on in those groups i saw people complaining about this getting my book out there and uh the answers were always uh well you need to build up a newsletter or you need to get like really famous on tiktok and these are all things that i don't have an interest in i i i have a newsletter i don't just to start building a list really i i'm not really like pushing it i'm not using it very much uh i don't think i've actually sent a newsletter yet (laughs) (laughs) Um, but i so when i realized like uh, i don't want to do tiktok i hate tiktok (laughs) um no shade to anyone who uses it but i don't want to make videos i think in order to like maintain the algorithm i've heard you need to do uh at least two videos a day
0: yeah it's something that's crazy. yeah that, i can't I do like two a week
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I can't do that two videos a day like i can't think about i could do that for a week or two and then i'd be out of ideas yep. uh, and it's not my my uh area of expertise i can't i tried to run a uh, daily uh joke like blog on my author facebook page for a little while. I got to 50. So I think I made it 60 straight days. Oh, wow. And then I was like, I can't do this anymore. I'm, I'm tapped <laughs> out. <laughs> and so I stopped. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But the, the current, like the uh, c- just continually pumping out content of like a specific type is not something that I'm talented with uh, when it comes to like every day. Uh, anything scheduled like that start like regularly starts to like grate on me like, oh, <laughs> next-
0: it's definitely not easy I got yeah i gotta post it oh well, i mean i don't have to but i mean i am um it was a great interview with alan scott but i'm like oh dang it i'm like usually do it sunday i got busy yesterday so i'm like now i gotta do it today and then before i know it again it's gonna be sunday again and i'll have to set everything out for the next one I think it's like robs or somebody's so i'm like man oh man oh man Um, yeah, it definitely comes up quick. That's why I try to stay so organized. Like I, and now I'm like got enough where you know, like, you know, I have enough in advance where it doesn't matter. But like TikTok is like, it's hard because I try and save so many things, but then I just get so busy and I'm like, you know, I know it only takes a second, but I mean, I'd honestly rather set up an hour interview with someone and talk to them about writing than do a TikTok.
1: <laughs> like, oh yeah, me too. I try,
0: yeah. but I think I'm up to like almost like 8,000 likes or something like that. But I'm just like, it's taking me forever and it's a lot of work. And it's like, you know, then on rss.com I go and, and you know, so it does a lot better within a week, you know, and I'm like, oh, but I, I I do agree with you. I think, um, I, I talked to a buddy of mine who's an author and this was probably two years ago. And I said, what's your most valuable advice? Um, you know, while I'm writing and, you know, joining groups and things. And he's like, don't ask anybody for anything. He goes, just offer your help. And I was like, he goes, first of all, he goes, you're going to get further. And he goes, when it comes time for you to need something, he goes, you're not even going to have to ask people. He goes, people will come to you. he goes, and more importantly, you'll have a much better time in this indie community in particular and I, I feel like he was right. That's why I was like, oh, I'm gonna do a podcast. I was like, I want to, you know, help people out and listen to what they have to say. And, you know, I kind of keep forgetting that I'm supposed to get something out of it other than, you know, just great information and more books on my, you know, TBR or <laughs> on my Kindle. Um, but it has been nice. You know, I've had people who have approached me who are like, "Oh, that sounded really cool. Like maybe I mentioned something that I was writing or something. And you know, like either authors or audiences, or, you know, I've had quite a few people go to my website and I haven't even tried, you know, so it's kind of nice, you know, just for that. But I, there is nothing more fun for me than to get somebody like you on Facebook or Twitter or TikTok or Instagram and then get them on the podcast. But more importantly, I always find it fun to have somebody like you in the group who's like put something up. I hate when people don't make their stuff shareable. I'm like, are you trying to sell books? I'm like, tag me for God's sakes. I'm like, the algorithm sucks on Twitter. I'm like, tell people all the time. I'm like, write it down, put a reminder for yourself. Every time you have book news, tag Dan. All right. Dan will share it on both of his accounts. I'm like, please, for the love of God. Like, I'm like, I love book news. So when you know, when you're sharing stuff, I was like, you know, I wish you could, you know, Facebook, I like because you can share it multiple times, but Twitter, you can't do that. I hate that it only retweet twice. But it's so fun for me to see somebody like you whose book just came out there to be like, share, 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 share. You know, I had a couple of friends who just got Kickstarters out for audio books and stuff like that. And I'm like trying to get it out there. I just think that it's really fun, you know, to see people succeed. And I think uh, I always tell my athletes and my students this, that when they're struggling themselves, particularly my athletes, to look to the person next to them. And instead of worried about themselves in the game and struggling, worry about you. I make you feel better. You're going to feel better. You're going to do better. That's going to make me feel better. And then I'm going to play better. And I feel like that's like one of the great things about the indie writing community is like everybody does a pretty darn good job of taking care of each other. And it makes you think less about your problems. You feel better. And then you get over whatever you need to get over or you, you know, maybe you finish that draft or maybe, you know, maybe then somebody does help you or whatever. And I think that, you know, we're in a very unique situation and a couple of my traditional author friends are like, I'm so jealous of you guys. I'm like, we're all part of the same community, man. I was like, just come in and, you know, we'll chit chat about whatever. But I definitely like it when people use their resources and, you know, use each other. So if somebody wants something, you email me or message me and we'll get it out there. (laughs) Speaking of which, John, uh, so do you have any Updates, news, promos, current projects, anything like that that you'd like to share with us?
1: Uh, well, I think that depending on how money works out and the editor's time, uh, hopefully I'll be able to get one, maybe two more books out this year. Oh, same. that's cool. Uh, I have, I think about three-fourths of the short story anthology finished. Oh, wow. Um, and I'm 110,000 words through the sequel of the next. Program. Oh wow, that's awesome! So I haven't been writing lately. I think I haven't been writing for about a month. Uh, between the release date, um, you know about the self published fantasy blog off. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I entered that. Oh, cool. Uh, cool. So, uh, the deadlines for that kind of. Have been taking my time up. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and the release. So, and now I have uh, my brothers visiting. So now I have family here. And so I, I think in the middle of June is when I'll get back to writing. But I'm hopeful that I'll have the first draft done hopefully by August of the sequel. And then I'll have the first draft of the, uh, the short story anthology done very quickly oh, awesome. after that. And then it's just a matter of like paying people to do things for it. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, but other than that, I don't think I have anything else to promote. Nothing. I mean, I have my book out there, but.
0: So go buy John's book that way, you know, it will be easier for him to write book too. And yes, get quality, you know, and um, go buy a few for your friends, you know, and then that way you can get his audio books going and that way, you know, we can, Keep this whole thing going. So,
1: (laughs) right. Yes. I would love to uh, get audio versions out there, but I, man, it seems expensive. I must be looking at the wrong people. I don't know. (laughs) I think,
0: (laughs) I think it's just expensive, my friend. I think that, you know, once more and more people do it, I think costs will come down a bit. But yeah, I definitely think, you know, it's, it is what it is, you know, but, you know, if you have a successful enough project and, you know, you feel that, I mean, it is, I've seen, you know, Christopher G. Brenning. Uh, was on here. Um, uh, he wrote The Hellborn King. And then, you know, he's got book two coming out. Um, and, you know, he's uh, he when I had him on, we had talked about his audio book and how like he sold, I think, um, almost as many or if not more audiobooks at that time, like a month ago, um, than he did, you know, for paperback and Kindle. So it definitely opened up a whole new market for him in particular. And some people only listen to the audibles, you know, yeah Uh, google play so i definitely think if you can afford it i definitely think it opens up a whole new market for you but you know obviously you gotta you know make sure it's cost efficient and everything but
1: oh yeah i I wanted to originally release uh at the same time the kindle paperback hardcover and audio versions and then i was like uh you can't afford to get it narrated right now spent too much on editing and the cover art (laughs) (laughs) i mean i went overboard on the cover art i spent like eighteen hundred dollars but um, I love the art so
0: yeah 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 that's the problem <laughs> <laughs> I got this guy and I'm like oh that's a pretty decent price and I'm like okay and then I was like looking at lettering and stuff and he's like oh I'll do that for you." I was like okay um, yeah but I feel like you know indie you know that's the thing you know it's like you you get all the, the benefits but also all the costs so yeah, yeah I'm thinking about like supplementing like my I have a historical urban fantasy that a couple people seemed interested in um, so I'm actually looking to go, try to see if somebody at Athon or Aconite would be interested because I would love to get that my traditionally or indie published, um, split 50, 50, and then take those profits and then use them for my own fantasy, uh, world, you know, so that way one kind of funnels into the other one. Um, but yeah, I feel like everybody's got to find a trick nowadays just to, just to keep it yeah, going.
1: Yeah, it's actually funny. I tried to, uh, get published with Athon. um, I was actually referred to them by someone. Oh, cool. So
0: yeah uh it didn't work out but not yet not yet (laughs) everybody go buy john's book and then they'll have to buy you know then they'll have to do like book two and then do another book one and you know that for you and then then you'll be able to afford your audible so
1: right to be fair to athon though they've been signing some heavy hitters so oh lately yeah they didn't care about my book (laughs) between what scott sigler and uh yep yep yeah, Scott Sigler announced that he had signed with them like a week after I got rejected, and I was like, "Uh."
0: There I were like there. five. I was like, <laughs> "Dang!" <laughs> like they had five like previous like really big up there like Amazon, you know, bestseller. Yeah, I
1: mean, yeah. They got they just huge announcement after huge announcement, and then they, oh. I think they just uh, signed their like first huge like movie deal.
0: I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think and, I read Oh
1: man. I was like, no wonder they don't care about me. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: But remember, not, not yet, not yet. Give us some time. Some time. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know I know that feeling for sure. Well, John, I really thank you for coming on. I learned a lot. I got some great notes. Um, I keep forgetting to check out Fiverr. so I definitely have to keep putting a note. I've probably got like 20 notes for that in here. Um, but again, I you know, I really hope that you know everything goes really well for you. Um, Like I said, particularly on Facebook or wherever, you know, we're linked on social media, tag me, I'll share whatever. Um, If you want to send something to me, you know, I'll get it out there for you. If you got any updates or something like that, um, send them my way. That way we can help you get them out. I do have the um, Facebook group as well. Uh, It's only like 120 people, but if you have any news in there, just go to fantasy sci-fi for next podcast and um, everything's free. And, find a post on any day I don't do a schedule or anything it's literally just for my updates and whatever you guys have so feel free to blow it up and you know go sell some books
1: awesome thank you I super appreciate it
0: yeah for sure yeah like I said anything you need just let me know our audience uh you guys know you can find John's books and his socials um, right in there in the description for everywhere that this video and audio is going to be found. Hopefully by the time you're listening to this, we're also on Apple podcasts. we have been saying that for three months, but we've been trying to fix it for three months. So knock on wood that John's (laughs) interview is the one that is on there, but please make sure you go and check out his books as quickly as possible today. When you're listening to this podcast, John, thank you so much again. And I look forward to talking on social media. There's anything else I can do. You just let me know, my friend.
1: All right. Thank you so much.
0: Yeah, for sure. We have a good rest of the night, John, and I will talk to you later on social media.
1: All right. Thanks. You too. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.